Glad you made it, people. It's Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, it's the first matchup between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson since the divisional playoff in 2020. Who has improved more? We dive into the numbers. Which quarterback is a bigger concern for the opposing offense? It's not an easy answer. And can the offensive line get healthy enough to jumpstart the run game in what could be a rain-soaked affair in Baltimore? Thank goodness for field turf! Happy to have you here on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you. And as we enter week four, we are treated to a matchup we have not seen since the 2020 postseason. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson, the two quarterbacks who are clearly the cream of the crop of the 2018 draft class at the quarterback position. But Steve, who has improved more since that divisional playoff when the Bills and Ravens met in Buffalo with the Bills coming out of it with a 17-3 victory and Jackson unable to finish the game due to a concussion? Yeah, it's interesting because both guys are getting better. Lamar's getting better, certainly. Both guys had things to work on. Josh Allen's getting better as a quarterback, more control of the offense able to do more, given more freedom within the offense. And then you've got Lamar Jackson, who's become a thrower of the football from the pocket Mm -hmm. and is putting up some numbers that are pretty impressive. And both of these guys had the mentality when they came in that coaches and and organizations love, particularly in high draft pick uh, players, not only at the quarterback position, but every position where they said, listen, I want to be best. I want to be the best guy Mm -hmm. ever. Um, I want to be as good as I can be, and that's where they're headed. They're trying to hit their ceilings, and I don't think either one of them's reached it yet. Yeah, I knew that numbers could play a role in this one, and we are bills by the numbers, so I figured I'd dive into them a little bit. In 2020, Josh Allen had made a gigantic leap in his play, completing almost 70% of his passes. He was runner-up in the MVP race, as we know. Now, through three games, he is at 71.2% completion rate, career-high, along with his touchdown percentage, granted, again, just through three games, his interception percentage, Steve, is also at a career low. And as we know, he leads the league in passing yards right now. Lamar, after his MVP season of 2019, came back down to earth in 2020. Then he missed five games in 2021, a season in which he had just 16 touchdown passes. I mean, he was not only motivated to rebound from a performance standpoint this year, Steve, playing for his next contract, as we well know, because he still doesn't have one. He leads the league in touchdown passes, passer rating, adjusted net yards per attempt, and touchdown percentage with a number that almost doubles Josh's touchdown percentage, 11.4%. That is a gaudy number if you're not familiar with touchdown percentage in terms of number of pass attempts. He also leads the league in average yards per carry right now as a runner. That's counting running backs, by the way. That's not just... Yeah, quarterback rushing. That's everybody. He's got two hundred yard games under his belt already in week coming into week four. So I will I will say this opinion wise, I think Josh is still the better all around quarterback, but I think Lamar's closed the gap there with the nice strides that you referenced that he's made in his passing game, particularly from the pocket. I think he's demonstrated more poise there. He's been more effective on the downfield throws, which were an issue. I'm still not convinced he's better at those throws outside the numbers, which has been a a bugaboo for his passing game. 
but he's he's closed the gap on Josh. Absolutely, he's a he. Every team in the league, you know, would love a shot at Lamar. Have a guy like Lamar in, the, in their stable. They, uh, he does so many things well. And I'll say this too: one of the problems he has had, and let's face it, it's there. Neither of these guys are playing in a vacuum. Lamar's team was ravaged by injury last year. His weapons have been in and out of the lineup. Uh, and in on, on and off the team as well. Every year it seems he has new weapons or has to make do with weapons they didn't think they were going to have. The The Ravens' year last year was probably the most difficult to quantify as to how the team would have been yeah. had they stay healthy. Now, I get it. Injuries are part of every club's season as they are as it was That was made. extreme, though. It was extreme last year, like it was extreme for the Bills this last week in Miami. But now that... The Ravens have gotten over that, and they're getting some guys back. And even now, the guys they've lost to injury this year, a lot of them are coming back. They're not catastrophic injuries. So, yeah, it helps your quarterback's performance as well. And I think Lamar's benefiting from that as well. So not only has he gotten better from the pocket where now Baltimore, you really have to be concerned about them having a quarterback who can beat you from the pocket as well as outrunning everybody on the field. He's got weapons and players around him that are playing at a high level. They're a good football team. Yeah. That brings us to our second question. Which quarterback is a bigger handful for opposing defenses? Josh or Lamar? Well, I'll say this. You know, we always talk about Josh's arm. Lamar's got an arm of his own. He, mm -hmm. he can sling it. And he's more accurate downfield now, it He's seems. very accurate. Um yeah, it's tough. The, the isn't fact it? that you the fact that you have to give pause to think about it. You know, we're wrapped up in Josh Allen, his career and his development, and, and Buffalo Bills fans. And I mean, you're not going to trade him for anybody, Lamar Jackson or otherwise. I think Baltimore's probably in the same position. Now, certainly, the critics can say what they want about it. Yeah, you saw what happened to Lamar. He runs so much. He got hurt last year. But until that happens, Lamar's the guy. Yeah, Lamar is the guy who is the unicorn who can outrun everybody on the field. He's a running back. He can throw it. The ball is in his hands every snap. He's a guy that is just an absolute nightmare to face if you're an opponent opposing defense. I, I'm going to start by saying you don't want to face either of these guys if you had your choice. I still think Lamar is the more dangerous runner because of his 4-3 speed. I mean, he can just pull away from DBs. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really we don't really see Josh running for seventy nine yard touchdowns. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Josh, I would argue, is the more dangerous passer because I think he is still underrated in terms of his football IQ, the things he's able to decipher and diagnose and make a decision. I just think his processing of what he's looking at. And even when an offense, a defense throws him a curveball, he has the answer fast. Like, he has answers like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers would have answers. He is right. a quarterback who, at age 26, his quarterback processing, I think, is way beyond his years in the league. I mean, we have to remember, it's only his fifth NFL season. Um, I just think he's very far advanced in the processing of what it takes to play quarterback effectively when throwing the football. So you might prefer Josh because it, it's harder to make the pass game difficult for him um, from an opposing defense standpoint. Mm -hmm. And and Lamar's pure athletic ability is frightening. Um, 
I wonder. Maybe it's based on the strength of what your defense is in terms of who you'd rather face. Yeah. I, but you're still right. in all, there, there, there aren't great answers for I mean, either of them. The way Josh was playing at the end of last year, certainly you need to put guys like Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder out there to help him. Uh, I don't know that you need to do that for Lamar if you need to be quite that quite that you know deep in wideouts. But both these guys are playing at a really high level. I, you know, if the only thing that detracts Lamar from Josh for me is the fact that you know the guy's got got whacked last year. Yeah. We lost him for five games, and that's durability. That durability. Yeah. Durability is going to become an issue. It is for everybody. It's it's going to be the thing that makes Lamar stop being good. He did add some lean muscle mass in the offseason to try to help prevent that from taking place. You know, he's got more meat on his bones, knowing when he does run, you know, maybe he can withstand a few more of those hits. But yeah, it's a it's a consideration for sure. Final thing we want to address is Buffalo's offensive line and its importance in making Buffalo's run game more effective. In a week when wet weather and wind from Hurricane Ian or the remnants of it come the weekend could impact Buffalo's passing game. They may be forced to find a way to run the ball effectively. The line should be hopefully healthier this week with the possible exception of Ryan Bates, who earlier in the week was in concussion protocol. Does Mitch Morris come back? The hope is yes. Can Buffalo turn to the run game if the weather forces their hand on Sunday? Weather's always been an issue with Buffalo with Josh Allen. Um you can look back at games where it cost him. Josh's first game as a pro was a rainstorm in Baltimore, Maryland, where they got 49 points hung on them by the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. And well, he didn't start that game. He didn't start yes. it. Jason Peterman or Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peterman started the game, and, and they got rung up in an absolute driving rainstorm. Uh, other games as well for the, the the wind game against New England last year, yeah. Uh, the rain game, the slippery conditions in Tennessee last year. Uh, there have been these things where it's a problem for Buffalo to overcome. Uh, and you say, well, Buffalo's weather and all that. Listen, it's hard when a team is built the way the Bills are to play in bad weather. They've been asked to do that a couple of times and they have not done well. So I think, yeah, and if you can run the football, sure. That is not Buffalo's strength. Right. No, I, I agree with that. It's not their strength by any means. But I think there was a, a pointed effort by Coach McDermott to make the run game something they could rely upon if necessary. I just don't think it's reached the point where they can rely on it. Aaron Cromer is here, the new offensive line coach, and he's here for a reason, to make that thing more reliable from an offensive front standpoint. But in week in week four, I don't think it's anywhere near where they want it to be. Right. So if they have to turn to it, they can comfortably say, hey, we're going to run the football now. We're going to be good. I, I don't think it's right. there yet, and that's a concern uh, going into this game. I know they aim to fix it. I just don't think it's fixed yet. By week seven or eight, it might look pretty darn good somewhere – where it was yeah. the last six weeks of last season. Um, but if you got to lean on that this week, Steve, because the conditions are stupid, you know, and this thing's a, you know, it was a cat five earlier in the week. 
Right. I mean, <laughs> we don't know what we're going to be looking at right. come Sunday, and we don't know what the track of the thing is either. But the, here's the the Bills. You know, they hung 41 points on the on the world yes. champion, and they then they scored a ton of points um, on week in week two against uh, who was it Tennessee Tennessee. Um, and you really felt like they were going to hang some points on the Dolphins had they not had all the injuries and had the the, the roster you know melt literally uh, in front of their eyes during the game on Saturday. So they really don't feel like there's much to fix because they, they're not being asked. They have not really ha- been asked to rely on the running game, except at the end of the game, maybe to run out the clock. Right. So there's, they're not under any sense of – they don't have any sense of urgency that if they don't get it fixed, they're not going anywhere. Their offense is looking really good the way it is now when they get their guys healthy. And when they have their guys, it was particularly their offensive line, because yeah. their throwing game, their passing game is so good, and Josh's ability to step out of the pocket, fall over for the first down, and stay on the field. You know, he put together 20 play drives on a day when you have no weapons, um, and your offensive line is decimated. You're still clicking pretty good offensively. So yeah. the sense of urgency to fix their run game, you don't feel it, and I think at this point it would be a new coat of paint on an already on an already fast race car but still you know when we get to the level these two teams are not I think we are the Ravens and the Bills right now are as good as there is in the NFL forget this they're going to be there they're going to be there at the end I think the the Ravens are going to win that division they're too tough and out they're too consistent Lamar is too big a weapon the weapons around him are too good. So, you know, these two teams when you get to this point, you microanalyze them. Yeah. And I and I don't think I don't Guilty. think any of their any of their warts are big enough to say, I don't know, yeah. But for this matchup, maybe. I just think when you want to get to the top of the mountain in this league, you got to cover all your bases, and I think there is in the back of Sean McDermott's mind this desire to have something to turn to so you can at least take a little of the burden right. off of Josh Allen. And that's a run game that you can rely on when you need to turn to it. It's not there yet because Josh is what's keeping that run right. game afloat, yeah. similar to the way Lamar is keeping oh, yeah. Baltimore's Absolutely. run game afloat because that's not where they want it to be either. Right. But they have a history of success running the football. The Bills... Their history of success running the football is based on Josh Allen's exploits in that area of the offense. I think Sean McDermott wants to make it, take an ardent approach to pulling that off his plate to some degree so it's not all on Josh and it's not solely a Josh-centric offense. So there yeah. are other things to turn to when maybe the passing game just isn't clicking the way it should be in a given week. Yeah, you still want... <laughs> I think coaches want a situation when they're on the sidelines and they get into a, a, a money down, a fourth and short, a third and short, a third and long. On short a, yardage on a drive. has been an issue too for the right. Bills. You you want some, you want to get in there and say, all right, the defense has no idea what we're doing because we can do everything. Th- that's kind of where they want to be. And to me, it's a little bit like chasing your tail. Uh, every game is going to be different, and when you've got great players, that's why that's why they're great. You don't. You get into a third and seven on the Bills. Think about it. On that, in the opening game of the season, you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, we got a third and eight here." Well, you got nine out of ten of them. You know, the yeah. stress is there, 
but you got the guys. Mm -hmm. So do what you do. And I think most coaches will tell you when you get a even even in general and when you get into the details, in general, you get your players to do what they do best. In detail, when you think a third and seven or a third and eight or a money down or a fourth and short way, you don't think play call whether it's going to be run or pass. You think player. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that's the answer yeah, all the time? Matchups. You got matchups. Is it it we've got Steph Diggs? That's the guy. You got Dawson Knox. That's the guy. You got Josh Allen. That's the guy. Don't think about whether we can always run it here or always pass it. Think who the guy is on your roster that's going to get the job done. And that's that's what coaches do. But when you're talking about planning for it, you want all your options open, and that's why we get into these stressful moments. We're like, oh, we don't run in the ball. You know, we don't run in the yeah, ball. Yeah. That somebody else besides Josh has got to lead the team in rushing. Somebody else besides Lamar has got to really. You know, I think. You know. I think they want to be able to keep defenses honest, and I yeah. don't even know if they're at that point yet. Yeah, it's yes. I know it's early, but but you're like I said, the defense. If you're if you're facing them, the defense. Forget about being honest. They're panicking over where Steph Diggs is going to wind up, where he's going to line up, and where's Gabe Davis and is Josh in shotgun. You know, they're panicking about that. For they don't even right. care about the run. They hope you hand it off. You know, so. It's chasing your tail a little bit, I think, but you know this team, both these teams, and you start talking like them. Both these teams are elite right now. I, I think they really are. The yeah. Baltimore Ravens are really good now. Their defense doesn't have the numbers that it should, and you think and they blew two coverages that cost them a game. This is a team is is thinking they should be three and zero. Like the Bills, no, they could have been three and zero. Yeah. If if the temperature was seventy five instead of ninety five, the Bills believe in their hearts they're three and zero. So and if the Ravens don't blow a coverage twice with two rookie corners or two rookies back there. They're three and zero. Yeah, that's kind of what happens in a, in a long season. These two teams believe they're going to be standing at, at the top of the mountain at the end of this season, and it's it's going to be the details of these rosters and these games and these play calls that we're talking about. It's going to make the difference this week. All right, good discussion there. Time for the numbers game, though, Steve. And for this week, we take a look at who else? Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson's careers since they've been in the league. And we ask Steve, Josh or Lamar? So, Steve, this, it couldn't get any easier. you got a 50-50 shot on every one of these questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I stunk at this last time. Go ahead. Question number one. Which quarterback in their career has led the league in single-season touchdown passes? Led the league? Lamar. Lamar, correct. In his MVP year of 2019, 36 touchdown passes in 2019. You're one for one. Question two. Which quarterback in their career has led the league in single-season yards per carry average? Josh. Trick question. The answer is both. Oh. Um, yeah, Lamar has done it twice in 2019 and 2020. Josh did it last year. 6.3 yards per carry. Good so job, I get, Steve. Do I, get, do I get credit for that then? Well, well, because you guessed the less likely of the two, I will give you credit for that. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a generous mood. <laughs> question three. Which quarterback in their career has led the league in fumbles in a single season? That's a tough one. Josh. It is Lamar. In 2018, he had 14 fumbles. 
Question four. Which quarterback in their career has led the league in game-winning drives in a single season, Lamar or Josh? I say Josh. Josh in 2019 with five is the correct answer. Four of those were fourth-quarter comebacks. Question five, final one here, Steve. Try to go four for five. Which quarterback in their career has more AFC Player of the Week awards, Lamar or Josh? I think it's Lamar. It is Lamar with eight. Josh has seven. It's close. It's close. These guys are unbelievable, man. This yeah, this, these two guys are stupid, man. It's not even close with the They're other unbe- QBs in their those class. Guys, yeah, those not other even guys, close. Those guys aren't even also Rans. Listen, I got to say this. In 2020, the Ravens come in here for a playoff game. It's the game where there were only 6,500 people allowed yeah, yeah. because of COVID. COVID. That game and the, and the pick six, the 101-yard pick six by Taron Johnson was an absolute historic play. It was... It was unbelievable. It was like the it was like Steve Christie's game winning field goal in the comeback. It was it was one of those. It was Carlton Bailey's pick six against John Elway in the championship game. It was it was a historic play. Mm-hmm. That game was an absolute nail biter. It was a phenomenal game. It's a low scoring game. It was yeah seventeen three and it was ten three before the pick six. Yeah, and then and, and I'll say this too. Lamar goes out with a concussion. Well, he comes out the next series after the touchdown, goes out with a concussion. They yes. pin him back deep, and, and he gets sacked in the end zone. They, you could just tell both those teams had another gear that they were, gonna, that they were ready to, to shift into when that game got tight. Mm-hmm. And Lamar was coming out to, to shift into that gear when he went down. Right. And I'm sorry, he didn't get sacked in the end zone, but he kind of fell. And, yeah, he and then fell it was into yeah, he the end fell. zone by the end of the play. That I, this game is going to be an absolute heavyweight bout. Oh, I think. Yeah. I think this game is going to be a a battle royale. It's unbelievable. I mean, the how, Ravens got themselves right last week yes. against New England, and they're like, "All right, here we go. Now we're playing yeah. our kind of football." Meanwhile, the Bills are like, "We shouldn't have lost that damn game last week. We got to get back on the track." So right. both teams are going to be supremely motivated. We've seen this Baltimore offense. It is so difficult to defend. It's it's unique because of the way it's designed. And it's designed un- in a unique way because of the unique players they have running it. Yeah. We didn't it's, even mention your favorite guy. Ricard. Ricard. Yeah. They Alan have a 300 Ricard. they have a 6 foot 3 inch 305 pound fullback who is nimble. Caught a pass last week. The guy's a wrecking ball. <laughs> uh, they're physical. A three hundred. Listen, a three hundred and five pound fullback who can really play. Light on his feet. Yeah. Uh, they're a unique team, and this is going to be a game, man. You got to bring your. It's going to be a four bring quarter match. It's, yeah. It's it's really really. This is going to be a tough game to go on the road and win, particularly in bad conditions. All right, good job in the numbers game there, Steve. We now welcome in Ravens.com insider Clifton Brown, who's covered the Ravens for a number of years. He fills us in on everything from Baltimore's nicked-up offensive line to what exactly is going on with their leaky defense in the first few weeks of the season. Here's Clifton. All right, Cliff, so the Ravens get a much-needed victory last week against the Patriots. But as you well know, the defense is still giving up a ton of yards, 447 to the Patriots. I know they got three takeaways late to kind of close the thing out defensively. 
What is Coach Harbaugh saying about the amount of yardage that this Ravens defense is uncharacteristically surrendering this year? Yes, uh, he doesn't like it. So uh, they've got to tighten some things up, even though they got the win uh, last week in New England. You know, I think part of it, there's a few reasons for it. Uh, you know, Marcus Peters working his way back in after being out for more than a year. I thought he played really well, you know, last week. But, you know, that's a, that's a tough ask. He played, played a lot of snaps. I think he'll continue to play better as the season goes along. And he just made a lot of changes back there. You know, uh, Marcus Williams, the free agent safety they brought in, he's, he leads the NFL with three picks. But Kyle Hamilton, the rookie, he's had some struggles uh, against Miami. He really struggled uh, in coverage. But then he came back last week with a big play on a strip for, to cause a big fumble. So I think it's a unit that as it gets better, or as the season goes, it will get better. But, yes, they do have to tighten up against Stephon Diggs to keep him from making big plays. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton, a high draft pick, how has he – stepped in I believe he's like 14th overall um how has he elevated to try and get in there it's an unusual situation because they in Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams they have two experienced safeties uh in front of him so Hamilton is not a per se starter but he's been getting you know 50 percent of snaps they uh defensively and they're asking him to do a lot of things so I think last week was a big step for him to get that key uh, forced fumble that really was a turning point in the game. He's a really versatile guy. And, yeah, they're going to show Josh Allen a lot of different looks because with Williams, Clark, Hamilton, Peters, and Humphrey, you have five really athletic players who are versatile. So, yeah, they're going to try and, you know, confuse Josh Allen a little bit. You know, the Josh Allen to me is a, a great quarterback who's also aggressive, will take shots downfield. And the Ravens are hoping that even though they may give up a few plays, they also may have a few takeaways like they had last week, and maybe that'll make the difference for them. The other part of the defense that seems to be of some concern is the pass rush. Owe has been pretty non-existent in terms of popping on film here the first three games. I know they signed Jason Pierre-Paul to try to maybe stem the tide a little bit in that area. What's the general consensus on the pass rush or lack thereof? Yes, the pass rush is a concern. And then you had Justin Houston, you know, having something hurting his groin in some way uh, Sunday. We'll see if he can play against the Bills and how effective he is. We'll learn more as the week goes on about Houston's status. But, yes, they need to get more production from Oway. They started the season thin at the outside linebacker position, and I think it is asking a lot for Jason Pierre-Paul to come off the street into the lineup for this game on Sunday. We'll see how he does this week as far as practice. So, yeah, if they can't get a pass rush on Josh Allen, obviously that's going to make it a lot harder to stop him because even when you do have a rush on Allen, you know, we fully know he's capable of eluding guys and shaking guys off. So, yeah, it, it is a concern, the Ravens' pass rush heading into this game. Well, it's not as much as a concern as it might have been in years past with the, with the team hanging 38 points on the Dolphins and 37 points on the Patriots. This is a team that scores. I mean, Lamar's got that offense humming really well, and certainly he's the largest part a percentage of what makes that offense go. Who is helping him this year as opposed to last year, and what's different? Uh, why are they better this year, in, in my opinion? Well, yeah, I think that Rashad Bateman would be a good place to start. Uh, you know, their number one pick a couple of years ago at wide receiver. He's made some big plays. Devin Duvernay, 
another young wide receiver. He's made some big plays and been huge both as a receiver and on special teams. So those are two weapons that are producing consistently for Lamar, along with, you know, Mark Andrews, all pro tight end. You asked what was different. You know, Andrews has always been there for the last couple of years is, to me, the best tight end in, in, in football. So when you have a player like Andrews and then you have two wide receivers producing the way Bateman and Duvernay are, coupled with Lamar's ability as both a thrower and a runner, I mean, Jackson, to me, is the greatest running quarterback ever, and now he's <laughs> as good from the pocket as he's ever been. It's just a lot for, for a defense to stop from week to week, and it's a unique offense. So no matter how many guys you get practicing trying to act like they're Lamar and act like what the Ravens do during the week, that the simulation doesn't carry over into Sunday. They're just a difficult offense to defend. And what is kind of the latest on the left tackle situation? Ronnie Stanley still not back in the lineup. Working his way back is, is kind of what we hear. We know his planned replacement is out for the year in Juwan James with the Achilles. And then you have McCurry. Um, is he the guy that's going to kind of man that thing, hold down the fort, or is might Stanley be ready this week? Well, you know, McCarry hurt his ankle last week, forcing rookie Daniel Falele, who is really a right tackle, to come in and play right. most of that game at left tackle. So if McCarry's healthy, I think he would be the guy. If not, I think they'll turn to Falele again because I don't think Ronnie Stanley's going to play this week. Now, that's not for certain. He has been practicing. We'll see if he ramps it up to another level this week, particularly considering the injury situation left tackle. Does Ronnie try and, you know, maybe speed up the process and get on the field Sunday? We'll see. But for now, yes, they, they were down to their four-string left tackle on Sunday for Lele. To me, he really did a good job in the second half of holding his own. But, yes, that's a concern, too, for uh, for the Ravens. If McCarry uh, can't go and if Stanley doesn't play – can Falele hold up protecting Lamar's blind side against the Bills? And how has J.K. Dobbins, the running back, coming back from his catastrophic injury from a year ago, he looks to be a little bit close to at least his old self, but we don't see him that much. What's he look like to people who watch him all the time? Yeah, for his first game back in more than a year, I thought J.K. looked good. He definitely added some juice to their running game. And then Justice Hill's another guy to watch, too. Uh, he had a had a really good game Sunday. And, you know, Hill and Dobbins were a nice one-two punch for the Ravens. And so when you have some backs start to do damage and then Lamar's running ability, that makes the Ravens even more difficult to stop. So, yeah, Dobbins is, I think, getting his feet wet last week. He should look as good or better this Sunday. I think that Hill is playing well. And then you've got Lamar, who, you know, is coming off two straight 100-yard rushing days. Uh, the first two games, the Ravens had trouble running the football. Week three was a real step in the right direction for them as far as getting their run game back to where they think it should be. Last one I've got for you, Cliff, is just from an injury standpoint, we know 2021 was kind of a lost cause for the Ravens last year. I know they're not without some injury situations right now. they got some beat-up guys on defense. Pierce is one of them, you know, their defensive tackle. Um I don't know if their situation is as dire as Buffalo's is on defense uh, as they were playing with half a roster last week. And my question is, with as much as they dealt with last year, does what they're dealing with right now almost seem like small potatoes to them? Well, yeah, they feel they're in a much better place. 
And there's still a couple of guys, you know, that haven't come back yet. Tyus Bowser, we talked about the pass rush. You know, he was their sack leader last year. He's not going to play Sunday, but he'll be back at some point this year. Their second-round pick, David Ajabo, another pass rusher, they think he'll be back later in the year. Gus Edwards, the number two running back, they think he'll be back at some point later this year. So they still on at full strength. I mean, no team in the NFL really is, but, yes, the Ravens were decimated like no other team last year. This year they're a lot healthier. And, you know, with Lamar playing the way he's playing and the talent that they have on both sides of the football, you know, the Ravens feel like they're one of the teams that can come out of AFC. We know the Bills do, and for good reason. But, yeah, the Ravens feel like this year, unlike last year, when you get to December and January, they're going to have, have something to say about who comes out of AFC. And last one for me, Cliff. What do you think the Ravens are looking at in Buffalo? How do you think they'll deploy against the Buffalo Bills team? What's the perception of what the Bills are doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, that – that Allen to me is, is the key, but you know, he's kind of like maybe even unstoppable. I think that they feel if they can keep Steph Stefan Diggs from making a couple of games, plays to wreck the game, and if they can run the football a little bit, that you know, that's their best chance, chance to win this game. Um, you know, Buffalo is a complete team to me. I know they've got injuries on the defensive side. So I think, yeah, the Ravens feel like they should be able to move the football and score. It's the question is, you know, can they contain Stephon Diggs uh, and can they keep Von Miller away from Lamar? Those would be the two biggest uh, questions if I'm the Ravens going into this week. If they can do a decent job with those things, even though you now know Allen's going to make some plays, they feel like that would give them a good chance to, to win the game. Cliff, thanks for the time as always. Appreciate it. I'll see you down there in Baltimore this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Time for your chance to win a million dollars with FanDuel's free pick-em-style game, High-Low. Pick teams for four different stat categories that you think will score the highest or the lowest for the week. The more you get right, the more you can win. Get them all correct, and you could take home a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com slash low to play, and that's H-I-L-O. Steve and I make these picks each week. I'm going to start this week with the high and low for points. I'm going to take a flyer this week. I know it might be a little risky. I'm going with the Chargers. I know they lost their left tackle, Rashawn Slater, but they should be getting their top receiver back in Keenan Allen this week from a hamstring injury. Their defense lost Joey Bosa to a groin injury. I think they're going to need to put up points to win. They're desperate for a victory, so I'm taking them as the high for points. Low for points, I'm going with the Raiders. I think the Denver defense is underrated. They won the Broncos the game last week in an 11-10 barn burner. So I think they can keep the Raiders' offense under wraps as well. So Raiders, low for points. Over to you for passing yards, All right, Steve, for the high-low for passing yards. For the high passing yards, I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a game... They've got a lot. They got to get in the air a lot against maybe the best team in the NFC, which is Philadelphia. Don't forget, Doug Peterson's taking his club back to Philadelphia, where he won a world championship. Yeah. And I think he's got a young quarterback. He wants. They to, put up thirty-eight last week. He wants to showcase. Ter- Trevor Lawrence has come into his own. Doug Peterson has really brought it out in him. So I think they'll be able to rack up some passing yards. Even though I think, even though I don't think they're going to win the game, I think that might be the key to getting the passing yards. They're going to have to keep pushing it down the field yeah. in this game. Low for passing yards. The New England football Patriots playing the Packers defense is pretty good. They're not, and they're without Mac Jones in New England. Uh, I don't think Hoyer's going to be able to air it out at all. Um, 
he Max got a high ankle sprain. It's not looking good for the Patriots this week as far as throwing the football. Yeah. They may run the triple option. Knowing, Whoa, you know, triple option prediction. Look so at we'll, that. We'll see. I, I think the low Patriots are for low, <laughs> low passing option. yards. That's outstanding. High for rushing yards. I like the Bears this week. Second in the league in rushing. Khalil Herbert comes in for Montgomery, who got hurt and goes off. He may start this week, and Justin Fields, I think, is still going to be running with the ball, tucking it away and doing stuff, and he's going against the Giants' defense. That's 25th against the run. Give me the Bears. Low for rushing yards. I'm taking the Jets. They've had trouble running the ball from the jump. They're on their fifth left tackle at this point. I know the Steelers' defense hasn't been great, but I think they'll be able to stack the box against the Jets' offense that has had trouble hitting on big plays in the passing game. Sacks, Steve. All right, sacks for high. This one is an absolute slam dunk. Dallas against Washington. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons are going to terrorize, terrorize any quarterback who holds the ball too long, and Carson Wentz is that guy. So yes, Cowboys, high for sacks. Low for sacks, I'm going to take the Colts. 29th in the league in sacks per play. They're facing Ryan Tannehill, who can still get out of trouble and extend plays, so Colts will probably not get any sacks. All right. Our closing figure this week, we know that Stephon Diggs leads the league in receptions and receiving yards through the first three games, but he set a team record this past week. His 27 receptions in the first three games this season broke the previous record of 25, held by Eric Moulds, Peerless Price, who both did it in 2002, and Thurman Thomas, who did it in his MVP season of 1991. Congrats to Steph. That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use so you know when the next episode drops. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll see you next week, everybody!